and welcome to a newsflash episode of Unpacking the Case, the podcast by David Jones-Bold, the real estate law specialists. As always, I'm joined by our head of legal training, Richard Snape. Hello, Richard. Hello, Lizzie. Well, we're back for another podcast. I think this is our first one of 2024, isn't it? I think it is, you know. Well, welcome. Welcome back. Um, So we're going to be talking about rights of way today, um, particularly a case called Price and None. Um, And I think you're going to be telling us a little bit about Section 67 of the Natural Environment and Rural Communities Act of 2006. Um, So do you want to just start by setting the scene a little bit for us? Yeah, it's a very complex uh, background set of facts. uh, It's 88 pages long as the case. It's high court case. It's actually from just before Christmas, December the 19th. The litigation has been going on for half a century, quite honestly. It's like something out of Dickens, uh, like Jarndyce and Jarndyce and Bleak House Lizzie. And it's got more uh, literary background, which you'll appreciate from your previous life. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall I tell you where it set up, you know, took place? And, and yes, I'm going to dwell on one issue in particular because a lot of it depends very much on its facts. I know the very place. Uh, it's in Slad, in Slad Valley in Gloucestershire. Do you know that? No, I don't, to be honest. I don't it's, think I've ever been. Yeah, I used to live look close there. I used to go walking around there. It's um, on the Stroud to Birdlip Road. Yeah. And uh, it's famous for the fact uh, it's where Laurie Lee lived. And the actual bungalow, Woodside bungalow, that's been in dispute over a right-of-way, was previously uh, occupied by Laurie Lee. You've heard of him? Yes. Although I don't think I... Not... not Neither with Goatee. I don't think I've ever read it. I had to do it in, at school, I remember. <laughs> but uh, anyway, many years ago. But anyway, uh, back in the, the first solicitor's letter for this, I believe so not, actually was written uh, in 1960 about this right of way. And there have been half a dozen previous cases in relation to this, starting off in 1976. And it's the classic sort of neighbour dispute that gets out of hand and people just... Uh, don't perhaps know when to stop. Uh, the judge himself, uh, his honour Judge Rossum, uh, said that uh, even though it's the best part of 50 years' worth of litigation, it wasn't so much as to dampen the appetites of the protagonists. Uh, Mr Price owned a farm, and he didn't farm it anymore. I think he had granted grazing licences in the summer. Um, uh, it's the Painswick Slad Farm, as it's known which was crisscrossed by three different pathways. Um, He described Mr Mr. Price himself, his his father, as the first person to commence the proceedings about vehicle access and whether there was vehicle access across this land. His father was a wing commander, probably tells you something. Uh, The father had actually died in 2012. Um, uh, Mr Price, the current owner of the land in question, it was said in you know in 2022 when the new case started off in life that he'd um he was 10 years old when the actual case started and he's now almost 63. Um but uh, what do you think of that, Lizzie? Is their lives? Yeah. You we'll make a storyteller out of you yet, yeah, Richard. You could start writing novels about some of this stuff, I think. Yeah, I I think uh well I 
made this up uh, myself. <laughs> but uh, no, um, the Woodside bungalow was originally, it was a gardener's bungalow attached to a property called Woodside House. Back in 1960, it had been um, carved off from the, the rest of the land and sold separately originally to uh, Mr. Close, uh, and thence Mr. Nunn became the owner of Woodside Bungalow. And for whatever reason, back in 1960, they didn't give any vehicle rights away uh, over sort of neighbouring land, over the farmland. Uh, it was undisputed that there was uh, foot access, but Mr. Nunn and his predecessor over the years have been claiming for vehicle access rights. I say the first cases were in 1976 and the Court of Appeal in 1979, where the court decided that uh, there were no such um, rights away for various reasons I won't bother going into. Um, they tried to argue various things that uh, it must be implied that we've got easements, it must be called Section 62 of the Law of Property Act, which creates easements. Uh, which uh, on a conveyance in certain circumstances, usually when there's diversity of ownership and occupation, or we discussed various other things, but all failed. And uh, Mr. Well, Mr. Nunn's predecessor in 1979 had an injunction against them driving across this land. Uh, they then tried again in 1980 to bring a claim, but that was thrown out as being an abusive process. You know, you've already had this thing heard. Then in 2012, and then the Court of Appeal in 2013, there were previous cases. But the 2023 case, the High Court case, they were trying to argue that a part of a separate trackway had uh, rights of way. They actually um, were able to park you know, off, off the road, off a big road, uh, but then walk basically to the, the, the bungalow, which is what their objections were. We want access, we want vehicle rights. Uh, and I say that's what the uh, the decision was about. So what happened when it got to the High Court? Well, again, I'll sort of cut down a lot of it. Um, the main argument, not the only one, we tried to argue various things which would drop before the case uh, was heard, prescription, long user easements, you know, 20 years, you know, 40 years, well, 20 years, start again, 20 years user as of right, uh, therefore we've got prescriptive rights. Uh, but they dropped that uh, at the last moment and argued under section 67 of the uh, Natural uh, Environment and Rural Communities Act of 2006, which is a little known piece of legislation, something we haven't actually discussed before. Um, shall I tell you what that says, Lizzie? Yes, please. I don't think I've heard about this one before. So I'll, I'll tell you the background to that because it's quite interesting. Um, it's uh, Section 67, a particular part of the Natural Resources and Rural Communities Act, was actually passed to uh, stop people um, going down green roads and like some vehicles, mechanical vehicles, you know, cars, off-roaders and motorbikes, you know, causing problem to, you know, foot traffic and sort of churning up the the, 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 uh, the road. And what uh, Section 67, subsection 1 says, um, it came into force on May the 2nd, uh, I'll paraphrase it actually, but it came into force on May the 2nd, 2006, and it basically said if uh, there was uh, existing public rights of way for mechanical propelled vehicles, mechanically propelled vehicles, 
it's extinguished, that right would be extinguished if it's over a right of way, which immediately before May the 2nd, 2006, was not shown on a statement, a map and statement, or was shown on a definitive map and statement only as a footpath, bridleway or restricted byway. Uh, so basically, if there's no evidence, map or statement, the starting point is all these rights were going to be extinguished. Yeah. Uh, unless it's uh, you know limited to again a footpath which you can't drive vehicles down, a bridle path which you can't drive mechanical vehicles down. Shall I mention what a restricted byway is? Because uh, yes, that's, please. That's something that uh, you know, a lot of people won't perhaps be familiar with. It's quite special. It's basically where you're restricted as to what you can go down in. Basically, it's you know, foot uh, on a horse, cyclists, or or horse-drawn vehicles, but not, again, mechanical vehicles. So, again, the idea being to stop off-roaders and the likes going down, and trial bikes and the likes going down uh, these paths if there's no evidence. Uh, but Section 67, subsection 5, basically says that if immediately before the commencement uh, of the, the legislation, again, May the 2nd, 2006, uh, the right was reasonably necessary, not absolutely necessary, but reasonably necessary uh, to enable a person with an interest in uh, property and land to obtain access to the land, then they can still have a private right of way. Um, there seems to have been evidence that um, there was a, a public right over this land. It was referred to in a Turnpike Act back in 1800. You can understand why the judge had you know, 88 pages on this, and it's it's quite uh, it's sad. Uh, it probably needs it really because he's trying to find evidence going back, you know, two and a quarter centuries, as they mentioned. Uh, and this uh, road was going to be stopped up when the, the Turnpike Trust would build an alternative, be able to close down this road. It was actually held that the path didn't lead to you know, this road. As a matter of fact, Mr. Nunn, they said, the balance of probabilities of showing that uh, you know the pathway actually would access their premises. He hadn't proven it, and it was his obligation to do so. Um, but they did go on to say that if that wasn't the case, um, so Mr Nunn doesn't get his vehicle access, Section 65.75 would help him because it's not absolutely necessary, it's reasonably necessary. The judge actually sort of, um, gave the analogy of the, the rule of Wilden and Burroughs, which is something we've mentioned over the years which is where a right is continuous and apparent or necessary to reasonable enjoyment. And you go through an exchange of contracts or conveyance, uh, that thing can be an easement unless you say otherwise. Uh, and it would mean the same thing as necessary to reasonable enjoyment. And although not absolutely necessary to have vehicle access, it would be reasonably necessary. Uh, knowing the area, believe me, he said in the winter time in particular, and he's not wrong, and it's very steep hillside as well, as I recollect. So um, Mr. Nunn failed very much on the facts of not being able to show where this road, this previous road from 220 odd years ago went, but otherwise they would have succeeded. But it's a nice little reminder of Section 67.5 as well as Section 67 generally. So there we are, Lizzie. And a bit oh. of culture and literature too. Yes, as I said, I think we could start writing novels out of some of the backgrounds to these cases. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Could you draw anyway. a, map, a map of the, the British countryside through poverty case law? <laughs> well, that's it. I, I like Next to year's bestseller. I, try, I like to tour the country, visiting premises, look at property litigation slant to them, <laughs> uh, as you know. Excellent. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, very you. Much, Richard. Thank you very much, Richard, and thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you again in our next episode.